This is Mike Farley with Poolside Perspective Podcast. I wanted to welcome everybody back for this Christmas and New Year's season. This episode will be dropping on Christmas Day, so hopefully everybody got everything that you wanted on your Christmas list. We have some things that we have on our list, and it would be really helpful if you could give us a gift. So one thing I'm looking for, which we haven't talked about a lot, but podcasts get reviewed. There's ratings. If you could go on to Apple and actually review our podcast, that would be really helpful. You could write a review, or if you just want to give us a number, five stars is nice. If you want to start with that, that would be a very great Christmas present to us. And we thank everybody for all the listening that takes place. Another thing in this new year is questions. If you have questions, please go onto our website. There's a section there to input your questions, and we try to address those. In fact, this whole episode come from a question that we're going to be covering today. That's some of the things that would be really great to start the new year and Christmas with. The other thing is many of you that follow the podcast may not know Kevin's fighting cancer and Kevin's having a tough week this week. And so if you could really keep Kevin in your prayers, it would be greatly appreciated for his health as he fights this battle. Hey, everybody, here we go. Part two. We want to follow up with where we left off last week and continue the conversation. We just ran out of airspace, thought you'd get worn out doing it all at once. So enjoy the second part of this, and hopefully it gives you a more rounded picture of everything that we're talking about. Here's a question for you, Mike. I think it's important for people to understand different levels of plans. And something that I've been doing for quite a few years, I know you've been doing as well, is master plans. And so you talk to our audience a little bit about what that looks like to you. So my background, and it doesn't require my background, but my background is I do have a degree in landscape architecture. So when I look at the project, I look at the project as a whole, not just a portion. So what I want to understand is everything that you're going to do in the backyard. I want to understand if there's going to be a sports court or pickleball court or basketball court. I want to understand if we're going to be storing a boat in the backyard if we're going to have racks of firewood that we have to deal with, we've got a generator that may be being added. We've got to look at a garden space that's going to occur. I need to understand all the components of your backyard so I can plug all those things into the whole project. The other thing that comes into play is once we develop everything, we have all the puzzle pieces in the right place, you can take different pieces and add them at different times. So you have a master plan by which you can add to, we're going to only deal with the pool portion right now, or maybe we're going to deal with the outdoor living and the kitchen portion first, and the pool area is just going to say grass, and that may happen for a couple of years, and then we're going to come in and add things later on. So you want to try to think things through. To some extent, also, they started a project for me today. Part two is the cabana. It's not coming at this phase, but what I'm doing is I'm running the gas and electric out to that space so I don't have to tear everything up later on to come in and add the outdoor kitchen and the lights for the cabana and all the things that are going to be out in that space. So when you have a master plan, you can plan so all the you don't tear one thing up to do the next thing so the pieces fit together. It's like a roadmap of processes and things to do in a specific order because a lot of people, I mean, myself included, maybe you, can't afford to do everything all at once. So sometimes we got to break it up into smaller pieces so that we can get to the end goal. Sure. 
And it might take a couple of years. Yeah. I've had clients that have taken 10 years to develop a piece of property and do all the different phases that they wanted to do. And sometimes that's, if you don't think everything through, then you're going to usually tear things up and have to replace things. So there's going to be more cost involved in that process. So a master plan helps you think about all the pieces that go together. So if you're going to develop an entire property, master plan probably makes some sort of sense. But at the end of the day, if somebody's just looking for a basic pool, you're not doing a master plan. We're talking a little bit about hiring a designer. So I'm assuming that a designer just doing a basic pool versus a designer that's doing a master plan, you're going to have different levels of plans and designs and costs associated with developing this stuff. Sure. So you might have an initial pool plan and then there might be a hardscape plan which is all the patios and retaining walls and everything that's needed. You might have a cabana plan. Then on top of all that, you might have an outdoor lighting plan. There might be a landscape plan. So there could be several different layers of expertise that you may be providing, or you may be collaborating with different people to provide all those different levels. Because you're sourcing maybe some of that out as well, because we know everybody (laughs) It could even be another layer that's important real today is audio. Oh, for sure. So I want to set it up so I've got speakers all around the yard and that type of situation. There's lots of layers to this situation and it depends on sometimes your person that you're working for or with doesn't have all those levels of experience. And so they may have someone that they can refer you to or somebody that's been doing it for a long time may have experience in all those things. And so it's a more seamless situation. What you're hiring a lot of time is experience. And so the people that have the experience are going to make the process easier. So I think some people might get hung up on the fact that I can have six other people come out here and they'll do plans for me. And now you're charging for plans. Like the lighting and all those different things? No, what I'm saying is that I've talked to people and they don't see any value in hiring anybody to do a set of plans for them because they think that I'll just have six or seven different companies come out and they'll all do a plan for me and they're all going to do it for free. And I think part of the message we're trying to get across to people is there's a massive difference between getting a free pool design and getting a master plan and somebody that's working with you from start to finish. Right. The other thing is there's... No way that anybody's going to come out and do all those layers for free. So you might be able to bring somebody out from every different trade and give you something for free, but then not necessarily all the pieces go together either. And then you get to figure out what those pieces are and versus just hiring somebody. You would hire an architect. You might hire an interior designer. You might hire any number of different trades to perform a specific function for you. In this case, we're talking about a master plan or we're talking about a set of plans for a pool. Does it make sense to pay somebody? And I'm saying it does. I believe you're saying the same thing. Sure. So I have a question that comes up a lot of times is, can a landscape architect do all this for me? Great question. Or an architect. Or the house architect. Sometimes now the interior designer wants to. It's true develop the space. The interior designers are getting more and more involved because now, as we've talked about on a previous episode, the indoor space is being brought into the outdoors, brought into the indoors. And so now the interior designers have gotten involved, which is great. I I enjoy working with them. I don't have a problem with working with them. 
But they're not pool designers. Right. As they all have expertise, I don't claim to understand a lot of things that they're doing in the home. I'm not going to get into their kitchen design inside the house or respectively. Anyway, so I think when you have a very complicated project, if you have a team that is collaborating together, an architect, an interior designer, a landscape architect, a pool designer, I think that all those people can bring together a better whole than not. And I think another reason why that's important is the timing. I've found out a couple times this year, in fact, I was talking to one of my builders that I work with, and in the past, they have typically brought in the pool guy way at the end. The house is already under construction, and the homeowners were busy focusing on other things, but I think we've got this turned around to where we're going to be able to get involved much sooner because I know for a fact we can save people money if we get involved sooner because they just don't think of some things. And that's what we do. Right. So back to the question about the landscape architect. I have a degree in landscape architecture. Okay. Landscape, just to, to specify, I was licensed in the state of California. So in the state of California, I can call myself a landscape architect. I am no longer licensed there because I don't work there. I work only in Dallas-Fort Worth. And so I cannot call myself a landscape architect here because I did not take the test to have that title. Okay. So a lot of times people get confused about that. I can claim that I studied landscape architecture. I can do landscape design, but I am not a landscape architect. It's a title law. Are all landscape architects qualified to do pool and outdoor living design? I would suggest that the answer is no. And I think in most cases, conceptually, they can come up with concepts that are totally workable. Absolutely. And they can come up with concepts that are stunning design. The challenge is most of them do not know how a pool works. And so for them to get into hydraulic design and designing of finishes and vessels, usually they're are modifications that are required. So I saw a set of plans today. The fire pit seat was straight up and down, which works great. You want to set it straight up and down, but most people prefer a little bit of pitch to a seat. And so this is a tiny detail. The other thing is there was no discussion about cushions on the seats, whether you're going to sit on a cushion or you're going to have a cushion behind you in the sunken fire pit area. And that would affect how that's all built. And we're dealing with a very tight space. Yep. So then the question is, where am I taking the nine inches additional space that I need out of here? And sometimes people are like, what's nine inches? It changes a lot of different things. So their concept was sound, but their thorough application of how that all went together. Another thing is pool equipment. Usually I get a four by 10, three by eight pad that says pool equipment on it which is good for the vanishing edge basin, but it's not big enough for the whole pool equipment, water features, serviceable pool equipment set. Sometimes that's a 15 foot long, if I'm adding a chiller, it's close to 20 foot long piece of a pool equipment. That's just one body of water, not including fountains or vanishing edge basins or anything like that. So there's a lot of details that will to refine things that would really be beneficial to be part of the team, or sometimes they may be the lead designer on the whole project. 
Yes, and it's not a dig to the landscape architects or architects in general at all. It's just no. that this is a very specialty thing. They're dealing with hundreds, if not thousands of other things, but pools are very specific in the way that they need to be built. And that's, I think, part of maybe the confusion, because even having a landscape architect or an architect in general or a general contractor, as you know, I'm involved with commercial pools, but the commercial pools come over and every single one of them says the same thing. And that is that final specifications by contractor. They're basically saying in the plans that we're not going to do all these details because we're just providing this big conceptual of this plan. And because Pinterest, because Instagram, because all of these sites have nothing but finished projects on them, we're missing a whole bunch of information. And that's the information that you're paying for, is you're paying for that expertise, that wisdom, that education, that knowledge, that experience. Just think of all the awful stuff we've seen over the years. You can't get any better experience than seeing some of this stuff. I mean, I've done hundreds, if not, I've done hundreds of remodel jobs. And as I've said before, I've just scratched my head thinking, why? Did we really save that much money here? So the question that still comes up is, where do you find this person? Mm-hmm. So the challenge is, it's not easy. No. And there are limited resources at this point in time to find that person. One of the things is we plan on developing a resource for people to find that person. But You're talking about a referral network that uh, is going to refer people in different parts of the country that have gone through some education, that have experience, that have good track records, that know what they're doing, that have been to some degree checked out. Yes. Yeah. We're not at that point yet. Yeah. So at this point, I only know of a couple different places you can go. Watershape. University, you go onto their site, they have, there's, I think, four different certifications that they have, four or five, and they have them listed by what certification that they have from the highest ones down to the lowest ones, and they have them in geographic locations. They have a certified designer as well as certified contractor, two different branches. Both of those go into the Watershape Institute, the highest certification that they have. That's one avenue that you can look at Google Watershape University and look up their certifications and see who's there. And if someone's near you, then you may want to check out their work through websites or different resources that you could look at there. The other one is through PHTA, the Pool Hot Tub Alliance, right? and the Genesis organization. They have the same thing. So you can go on to their website and look at their different certification levels. I think they have four or five, and you can look at if someone's in your geographic location. So that's a start. It's a good start. So it's hard to find people that have done things extremely talented. So the luxury pools, we mentioned them, they have an award situation every year called the Pinnacle Awards. It comes out in the fall. It's the fall issue versus the spring issue. Their fall issue. It lists who the designers are on the project, not just the contractor, which I think is a very valuable situation so you can see who that is. So you may want to Google pool designer and see what shows up. But most of the time, what shows up is the pool contractor. They just put that in their keywords. Right. So you're not necessarily fine. Well, I guess, are there people that do design only? Yes. Okay. 
That's all they do. And they don't leave their house or their place of business. That's just all they do is design work. And there's some really good ones. Well, some of them leave their house to do travel to sites and do site analysis and things like that. Yes. So you asked about, unless I misunderstood, you said that just do design work. Right. What I'm saying is they don't work in conjunction with a contractor. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So there's design only and there's design build. There are people that do design only. They usually refer a particular contractor. Right. Those are different things to look for. No, and I did that quite a bit in Phoenix the last few years, but the challenge was getting the jobs done because I wasn't as much involved because I wasn't the contractor. And so I I think it's important. The designer is certainly important, but the contractor is another important aspect of this. Oh, sure. I was just recently asked by a designer friend of mine about a project two hours from here. And he said, are you interested in building this project? And I said, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Most definitely interesting. Actually, he reached out to both of us. Yes. Okay. But the challenge is it's so far away. And it's so monstrous. Complex. It's a massive project. That it would require someone literally to be on the job full time. Yes. And it's not cost effective for a lot of contractors to make that kind of commitment mm-hmm. to have one of their highest level employees on a job site for a year. Yes, the contracting becomes real challenging, especially if you're in more remote areas. Okay, we've got a design now. Who's going to do it? And you had brought up something earlier about the technical capability of the contractor. And it's, again, not a dig to a contractor. I mean, you get experience how you get experience. And there's only one way to get it, by doing it. I disagree. Okay. You could take a class and learn from somebody else and what they did. Mm -hmm. I guess I look at that a little bit differently. Yeah. You should be doing that anyway. Okay, but I've learned that it's a lot easier to learn from somebody else's mistake instead of my own. But I'm stubborn enough that I usually make my own anyway. We all have. Yes, but the ideal situation is you find somebody like the guy with the river flow pump that built it and it was right. Now, the challenge after I built that lazy river is it ended up on HGTV in a lot of different places, and I got calls for two or three years, probably four or five a week. And the question, half of them were homeowners and they said, somebody built my lazy river and it doesn't work. The scary thing is the other half were contractors that built a lazy river and it didn't work because they didn't choose to find the resources. They just said, if I use five of these normal pool pumps instead of one and do this, I'm sure I can make this thing go. And when you're talking about moving thousands of gallons of water in one direction at a certain speed, that doesn't fly real well. Nope, it does not. The best is to find for somebody else's experience before you go do those fun things. Yes, absolutely. I think another thing that's really important, a couple other words that I think need to go into this conversation is the fit, finding somebody that's a good fit for you. You mean you like each other and personality-wise and you work together well? Yes. Okay. Here's the situation. You're going to be involved with this person for a while. Yes. I know some projects that I've worked on that have lasted longer than marriages. You're, in essence, married to this client on a large project sometimes for- A couple of years. Two to three years. Yeah. You want to be able to work together comfortably. So if it's not a good working relationship at the beginning, you need to look somewhere else. Yeah, you probably will find a lot of that out just in the communication. 
I would say that's very true. And so the other side of the paying for plans, I, in my opinion, is it helps mitigate some risk. If you've done a good selection of a designer, you found somebody that you can have that good fit with, that's knowledgeable, that's educated, that understands, that has the experience, I think the risk factor goes down substantially. If you follow the plan. If you follow the plan. Yeah. Yes, sir. I had a client several years ago that I got brought into and it was a very complicated project and I worked up a design for him. And then we went out to bid and he said that this other contractor said these weren't necessary items to have. I said, okay, it's your choice. I think you do need these things, but to make this project work, and he's saying differently, I said, I totally disagree. And this doesn't follow the plans that I developed for you. So if you want to hire him because he's going to save you money, good luck. Eight months later, he called me back, wanted to know if I'd take over this project because what they did wouldn't work. I said, sorry, I told you that eight months ago, that the grades weren't going to work like you wanted it to. And they ended up not only throwing the contractor off the job, they had to end up demoing the whole pool because it wouldn't work. So anyway, and then they asked me if I would build the pool for them, the second one. And I gave them a number and they said, oh, you're too expensive. And I said, oh, good luck. Some people are always looking for a deal. Which is fine. I get that. I like looking for a deal as well. But when we're talking about the kind of money that we're talking about here and the fact that this is such a permanent fixture in your yard, you're going to be living and breathing, walking on it, swimming in it, dealing with it, fixing it, and on and on. Not to mention the fact that at some point you might sell the house down the road. I just think it makes sense to have somebody help you through this process. And the goal is to find somebody that really knows what they're doing. So if you develop a set of plans and you develop a set of specifications and that's what you want, when you put it out to bid, they shouldn't be bidding something else. That's what was decided was the best solution. And when somebody is usually trying to change things, they're trying to usually change the cost mm -hmm. so that they can get the job. And the problem is you don't want to get hit with change orders later on. So follow your plans is going to be the best solution that you do. Because if that's why you hired the person, provide the expertise, then follow the expertise. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All great advice. Kevin, do we have any more advice today? So let's do this. Okay. Okay. So the question of the day comes from Shane, St. George, Utah. Oh, that's a beautiful city. Have you ever been there? I have not been there. Oh, it's cool. Shane is a home builder. And Shane just built his own personal pool, and he's decided that it would really benefit his clients that if he got involved in pool building as well as home building. Heard this and, before. And he understands that it is a totally different process. And so he's done some research, and he's found that there's two different educational platforms in the pool industry, Watershapes University and the Genesis Group. And so he asked which one's best. Gotcha. So this is a question that's come up a lot recently that I get asked. I think you've been asked as well, especially in the last five years, because five years prior to that, there was only one group. Now there's two groups, training groups. Do you want me to go into my opinions or do you want to start? Go ahead. Okay. I view education as a salad bar. Okay. And with a salad bar, when I go to the salad bar, I don't eat everything. 
I basically pick the things that I would like to eat and I take from them. Education, there's two different ways that I would look at this. So some people are like, I want to get certified and I want to get certified in the quickest way possible. And so I am going to choose one school or the other to go get my certification from. I would say when you go to college, you don't go to three different colleges, you go to one. And that gets you there the quickest. Mm -hmm. If you go to one and then transfer to another and then go to a third, that takes longer to get through the process. Sure. However, you could also say, this is what I feel is important to me, and this is what I want to learn. And so I would like to learn different viewpoints, perspectives from this process. So I'm going to go take this school's design class. And then I'm going to go take the other school's design class because I'm going to get different information from two different instructors. And that's going to make me more well-rounded. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm not pursuing how fast I get through the program and get my master's or my Watershape University certification. So I'm going to choose to go back and forth, and there may be instructors like, hey, I like this one a little bit better than this one over here, and so I'm going to take that one first, and then I'll take the other. And so it's about getting knowledge, not necessarily getting a certification. So when I went through this process, the reason it took me a long time is because when I took the first class in 99, we said, when's the second one? And they're like, well, we don't know. We haven't even got that far for there to be a second class. And there wasn't a second class for several years. And then even when the second one came out, there wasn't a third one for a while. And now there's... Did you go to the one in Pennsylvania with Tishman? No, that was... You didn't go with that one. I didn't go to that one. I so, think that's where I met Kirk Bianchi. Okay. And I remember him just like smoking the rest of the class in his design work because he's really good at... Doing perspectives. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's insanely talented. I was a poor designer in Northern California, and I was lucky because the first class was in Morro Bay. It was there. So it was right down the road from me. That's so I, where I met you. I could drive there, so it was very short, versus going all the way to Pennsylvania and taking another class. They only had that class once. They didn't teach it a second time because then they started the construction classes, and I went all the way to Miami to take my first construction class. So I think both of us flew all over the country to all kinds of classes well, that, and shows and everything else. Yeah, because it wasn't this last week, the International Pool Show, both of these organizations were there. Both of them were teaching classes. And when I was there, I took four of one and six of the other. Because quite honestly, I don't care. I'm about getting information. The other thing is I have the high certifications through both of them. Yes, you okay. do. Okay. So... The big thing is once you get certified, and I think this is important too, is you have to do continuing education. So if someone gets the very first certification, it's just one class. I think it's a like a 24-hour class that you have to take through both of those organizations. If you got that certification six years ago and you never got anything else after that, you're not really pursuing education very much. So to answer Shane's question, which one do I think is the best? I don't care. I agree. I view they both have great instructors. They both offer information. Quite honestly, I think you're best suited to do them both. I agree. Because it makes you more well-rounded in what you want to do. So if you're all about construction and managing construction projects and doing construction, then you need to take the construction classes from both of them. If you're all about design, take the design classes from both of them. Now, 
quite honestly, if you're doing crazy design work, it sure helps to understand how to do crazy construction work. Right. Because you may be pushing the contractor that you're working with beyond the capabilities of what he has. That is okay. a big, that's a big thing right there. And so you need to be able to bring to the table the knowledge. You know, the first time we did a lazy river, I had never done a lazy river before. Now, the way that it happened is I went to a pool show and I saw a guy in a booth showing a video of somebody kayaking in a swimming pool. River flow. It was the river flow booth. And so I was like, that's pretty cool. I was like, now I'm not thinking about kayaking in a pool. And I talked to him a little bit about how would you use this and why would you use this and what's the pros and cons and the cost. And he explained it all to me and I took it all down. Now, was I building a lazy river then? No. But you remembered. It was probably five years later. Somebody came to me and said, want to do a lazy river? Now, did I call that guy and just use his product? No. Okay. The second thing came into play is when you get education, the most important thing you get out of it is association. Yes. Association gives you resources of, hey, I was sitting at dinner and this guy was talking about he'd built a lazy river in the Caribbean. And I was like, that's cool. In somebody's personal home. So I was like, wow. So I called that guy up and I said, hey, Brian, who did you use for your pump system? And he said, I used Riverfoil. And I said, okay, that's the dude with the kayak video. So that's who I had in mind as well. And I said, when you turned it on, it worked. And he said, yes. So we go out and built the very first Lazy River. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars in it. And when we flipped the switch, did we worry that it wasn't going to work? No, because I had already talked to people that it worked with. So I had the knowledge of the construction side as well as the design side. So when we flipped that switch, now there's some things that happened because they told me, hey, you're probably going to have to upgrade the electrical service to the house. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, this thing draws 50 amps. And you got two of them? That's 100 amps. Oh, we haven't even started with the rest of the pool. Okay. What was interesting is they didn't just have to upgrade the electrical service to the house. He was at the end of the block. The transformer wasn't big enough. Oh so they had to upgrade the transformer so they could upgrade this guy's house service so we could build everything that he wanted in his backyard. But did he know that in the beginning or after we started construction? No. He knew in the beginning because I knew the questions to ask. Right. Because you understand the construction side and the design side so you don't the client doesn't get burned. Now, that's not to say that you make a mistake or don't know something sometimes. So Shane's question really was on which course of action should I take? Should I do Genesis training or should I do PHTA, Water Shapes University, whatever, you know, any of those. And I'm with you. Just start somewhere. Yeah. Get going in the education. Cause, and that's a big thing, the collaboration too. I've made so many friends and then you and I know designers all over the country, let alone the planet. But yeah. That's the best thing is if you're try to figure out what you want to do and pursue that. And to me, getting certified in both of them is you're just more well-rounded than somebody that's gone through one track. And we're working on a referral list in other parts of the country. And that's going to be one of our requirements Resources. is you've got to have at least started and on your way on the educational tracks. And the way I always looked at this was like, you know, if I was a plumber or an electrician, I would need to have certain tools. I would need certain training. It's the same thing with the pools. And like you, I've poured tens of thousands of dollars into education, into 
different things that we need to have and all the stuff that goes into making something a career. Are you dealing with somebody that this is what they do or somebody that's it's a transient person? Because there's a lot of companies out there that just they'll hire anybody just to sell something. And okay, if that business model works for that, that's fine. We're not going to dog it. But at the same time, we're looking out for people that are really trying to do something special in their backyard or want to be well-educated, well-informed so that they can make intelligent decisions so they don't regret stuff later. All right, everybody, that is it for today. There's so much information on here to share. So we'll see you next time. This show is all about helping you become a better buyer, a better pool owner, and hopefully you're going to find some insights into how to enjoy your pool even more so, how to help your friends, your family, anybody looking to buy a pool in the future or that want to remodel their backyard, add an outdoor fireplace, fire pit, add an outdoor kitchen area, add some shade cells or whatever else it is. We want to be that resource for you, and that's the end goal here, and we promise that there's going to be a ton of information. We'll try to go through it, you know, as relatively quickly, but also slow so people can understand. But the intent of the show, the reason Mike and I are doing this is because we just got a lot in our heads and we want to share it. So we hope to see you here every single week. Thanks for listening.